Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. And we're back. Yes, welcome along to the new La Liga season as we unveil our new device, the Valverde Autometer. And boy, it was pushing the scales <laughs> on Friday night. Blackluster Barcelona just couldn't give it to Messi and hope for the best. Coutinho's off now, signed on loan by Bayern with an option to buy at 120 million euros, because that'll come in handy when all those bids for 200 million euros come in next summer. Uh, Barca would beat by Athletic thanks to a spectacular winner from 38-year-old Aris Adaris. The future is in safe hands at Athletic, where the plan is to suck all of Adaris's knowledge out of his head and inject it into Iñaki Williams. So, Real Madrid, remember them at top of the league. That's what you get for spending 300 million euros on new players in the summer. And well played, Florentino. That nine-minute appearance by Jovic made all the difference. The only downside for the Los Blancos was the red card for the blood-curdling assault by Luka Modric on Denis Suarez. It's a blow to Zidane, who will now have to use a midfield combination other than Modric, Kroos and Casemiro sooner than the plan 2024. <laughs> Atleti won with Trippier setting up Morata, but the show was stolen by Joao Felix, who only now exists having previously played in a place called Portugal for a club called Benfica or something. The irony of which means that if he hadn't moved for over 100 million euros this summer, that TV viewers in the UK and Ireland would have been able to watch him play last weekend. Uh, our predicted bottom four teams collected 10 points between them, including Valladolid's win at Betis, who had their keeper sent off in the first few minutes and lost their big money striker to injury. And I haven't even mentioned the game of the weekend, Villarreal 4, Granada Four stupid old predictable old La Liga. Well, Modric aside, <laughs> it was a decent weekend for former Tottenham players in La Liga. Assists for Bale and Trippier, and a goal for Soldado. We wanted an ex-Spurs man with an encyclopedic knowledge of La Liga. Vinny Samways wasn't available, so <laughs> <laughs> unkind, unkind, very uncalled for. Uh, Pretty good though. So <laughs> we got we got ITV Moore's <clears throat> co-commentator. Terry Gibson here. Shall we shall we start with the Valverde yeah. outometer? Uh Terry, um Yes. It, it wasn't good, was it? In 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 the in in terms of the TV spectacle, it was saved by Adaris and his brilliant overhead kick. Uh in terms of uh, Barcelona fans, there there was there was no saving grace, was there? It was it was a poor night for them. Yeah, I think in in terms of a TV spectacle, I think that we there will be a lot more people watching it for, you know, newcomers. I would, I would describe it as to ITV4, is free to air channel. So I was quite pleased that a it was Barcelona, but also the, the opponents were Athletic Bilbao in the stadium of San Marmis, because I think that would have surprised. We 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 comment uh, about the ironic comments about La Liga, about it's only a two-team league and it's like the SPL, but. I think there would have been a lot of surprised people that were tuned in on Friday evening and seen the 50-odd thousand in San Marmis, the atmosphere. It was a competitive game as well. And then, of course, the dramatic winner in the last minute, um, last couple of minutes from a player who's 38, who just appeared as a sub and scored a goal that 
a 38 year old has no right to be to throwing himself about <laughs> like that. Um, it, it was a brilliant strike, but you know, it had a chance. I know we've, it's not the first time we've seen him score a similar goal to that. So it was just we didn't see much of him last year. That was the issue with Adder is he's had injuries. His, his season was plagued by injuries. And then when that cross was coming in from Ander Kappa, who pushed on from right back, um, you knew it had a chance. Um, I, I didn't expect a scissor overhead kick. I thought if there was going to be a chance, it would be a header even from that range. But it was a, a dramatic finale to, I think, in, in general terms... I would be very critical of Barcelona's <coughs> performance. I'd be critical of Valverde, so you can put me right up there on the, the Valverde out <laughs> thermometer. It's um, Team selection was sloppy, I thought, um, complacent. And I have to go as far as to say, apart from a 20-minute spell at the start of the second half, when I was surprised Athletic sat back and allowed Barcelona possession, apart from that spell... It didn't, even, it didn't even resemble Barcelona-style performance to me. And I think that's that's the bigger worry going forward for Valverde. Chopping and changing the, the positions of the players on the night. Surprised there was no Busquets. Artur and Arturo Vidal weren't in the squad. Yet Luis Suarez was, and he played in the Copa America. Um, the injury to Suarez is going to be an issue that will allow Griezmann to play one position in a match as opposed to three that we saw hmm. him play against Atleti Bilbao. Um, the the partnership with Griezmann and Alba on the left was a disaster. Um, they were in the same position for most of the first half when Griezmann was playing out there. And then when he went up front, got very little service. So uh, I, I'm I'm getting frustrated with the, not decline of Barcelona, but the, the, the drifting away from the Barcelona style that we've become accustomed to seeing in the past. And there isn't any excuse. I know it, people will say, Talented, supremely talented players have departed, like the Puyol, Xavi, Iniesta. But the amount of money that they've spent, and you would be hoping there'd be one or two newcomers coming through the ranks. I thought Carlos Alenu, I thought did was one of the better of the, the midfield players in the first half. He was replaced at half time. But to start with, De Jong in his first game, Sergio Roberto and Carlos Alenu as your midfield three. We won't see that three together again unless it's a, Cop- a Copa del Rey match in the earlier rounds um, for the rest of the season. It, it just didn't function. So it's, I would say it must be a concern for Barcelona. Their, their last three competitive games, they've lost all three. So losing to Liverpool, the league was already wrapped up. Then they lost to Valencia in the Copa del Rey. Now they lose to Atleti Bilbao in the first game of the season. So... It's uh, of course we we got to see a Barcelona without Lionel Messi, and I have to be honest, it didn't look good. Um, right, one person you didn't pick on, who I thought was the worst on the pitch, was Dembele. And I know you, you can make excuses; yep. he's you know he's a young guy and all of that. But I thought I thought he had opportunities. It was an opportunity for him to really take centre stage there, and he just didn't take it. He just didn't look like a a player of of, of his value of his reputation. No, and patience must be beginning to wear out now, um, I, th- I think, with Valverde, obviously, coach. Um, Dembele f- frustrates the life out of me with the fact that he he gives the ball away on so easy, relatively easy, simple mm. pass situations. So 
it just looks up as a 10-yard pass and it's inaccurate and it, it goes to the opposition. Or he has a heavy touch and he loses control of the ball. It's it's real basic stuff. It, uh, we ask a player like Dembele to be proactive. So when he gets the ball, take players on. As many dribbles Messi has that are successful, he has an equal amount, probably more, that are not successful. But he's trying to do, he's, he's always trying to do the right thing. If Dembele was losing possession when he beat, trying to beat two or three players and, and get across into the box, you could kind of understand that. But he gives away possession when he's under no real pressure. And it, it is a pass that a, you know, an amateur can make, even under pressure that Dembele is being put under by an athletic Bilbao player. It should be a straightforward 10-yard, 5-yard pass to his teammate. And he gives it away. And, and it, it continues. And I've championed these calls because you can see he's got talent. But on another night like that where, you know, they're starting without Messi, Suarez goes off injured. You need Dembele in his third season now to, to step up. And he showed no apparent signs of being able to do that. So it, it is an issue. And it's an issue where you fit Griezmann in because I think the days of him playing wide left have, have long gone. Um, and it looked like that the other night when he played in that position. It looked like a position he hasn't played in for ages. Although he was staying wide, he was defending deep when they had to. Too deep, in fact. But they need to, to somehow try and get him into, you know, the, the central striker role, which he's been playing at Atletico Madrid for, you know, since he joined the club and from Real Sociedad. Uh, let's let's crack on and talk about Real Madrid then. I didn't invite questions, Terry, because we're sort of on borrowed time a bit tonight. So uh, we're going to try and keep it brief. But Zen Green Yoda sent us one anyway, because he's, <coughs> he's, he's, he's our man, our, our regular Real Madrid contributor. Uh, have Real Madrid, he says, had a blessing exactly. in disguise by retaining Bale and Hamas? Well, I would say so. I mean, any any team that retains or has got James Rodriguez and Gareth Bale. I know James wasn't mm. involved, didn't get involved at the weekend. But Gareth Bale, it's it's clear that uh, I, I made the point on, in the previous podcast, a front line of Zemar, Bale and Hazard is as good as there is in, in, in world football. If they're all good, if they're all in form. So, yeah, I mean, uh, let's not kid ourselves. Uh, watch the game. Gareth Bale was good. He wasn't great. He wasn't brilliant. He wasn't fantastic, as some people say. Contributed to the first goal. The performance from Real Madrid, under the circumstances, was exceptional. Tony Kroos was outstanding. The player that's come in for criticism last season, pre-season. Modric was good until he got sent off. I guess we'll have to address that, that situation. A couple of red cards this week, the similar circumstances. Benzema looked sharp and looked lively. And I thought that the, the back four were a lot more solid than they have been pre-season. But Courtois was still called into action on a number of occasions, pulled off some fine saves. So there needs a little bit of work done there defensively. But in general, under the circumstances, against tough opponents, although we're missing a a couple of players that that would normally play, but I think it was an exceptional performance from Real Madrid. They showed a winning mentality, lots of determination, and more than enough talent to see off Celta Vigo in, in convincing style. So with the 10 men that Modric sent off in the 56th minute, Crows then scores, Lucas Vasquez comes on and scores. But I think when we, we, don't have to, we shouldn't kid ourselves that if Asensio was fit, 
Hazard was fit, then Bale wouldn't have been on the bench at the weekend. He would. He started. He would. He wouldn't have even been on the bench at the weekend. He's played. He's he started. He played, and he was good. Not brilliant. Not fantastic. But again, under the circumstances of a disjointed pre-season, I thought it was more than enough of a performance from Gareth Bale to to be in the game next week. Uh, what would you do if you're Real Madrid now in the transfer window for the for the remaining time? The the suspension to Modric, obviously, as as I joked at the beginning, it does open up that obvious problem, doesn't it? Uh, so, is young Valverde is that an op? Is that the issue? What? How are they going to solve that? Would you solve that in the transfer market by bringing in a midfielder, or is it all about Neymar? Well, uh, it, it shouldn't be about Neymar. I, I, I clearly don't think that's a position they need. A position they need is another world class central midfield player, they'll they'll go with Valverde or Isco in the short term. Um, but yeah. I think it's clear they probably do need to address the situation other than, you know, if it's not going to be Paul Pogba, then it has to be someone else. So I think that's the only position. It's not Neymar. They don't need Neymar. Um, but we could roll off a list of wide attacking players, whether they're fit or not, that the Real Madrid have available. Um, you, at a push, you could use Hammers in, in a midfield three as well. So it's immediately it's not a problem, but I think be, because of the suspension of Modric, but I think over the course of the season where they're going to be playing, they hope to be, hopefully they will, six, 55, 60 matches, then they're going to need, I think, another experienced, recognised, out-and-out central midfield player. You know what I'd go for? The big link with him is uh, Fonda Bay. Uh, I know Ajax don't want to sell another yep. player, but I, I think he would be brilliant for, for Real Madrid. I, I, I'd get him if they really twisted uh, Ajax's arm and paid a lot of money. It's twisting Zidane's arm. I think that's the issue, isn't it? He clearly wanted yeah. Paul Pogba. Um, still wants Paul Pogba. Won't let it go. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a deal happen, you know, just be, be prior to the, the window closing at Real Madrid for a central midfield player. But they were brilliant at the weekend. Yeah. As I say, under the circumstances... Everybody was expecting it, them to slip up. No one was considering them worthy of, you know, being title challenges this season. I, I you know, and, and for them to, with the, the starting team that they had, still full of experience, still full of quality. If they get the focus right, then and, and remain relatively injury free with that set of players, then you know they, they can still challenge it and make it a. A genuine title race this season, hopefully in, for Barcelona and Atletico Madrid. Okay, we will take a break now. That's two down with eight to go, and we will discuss the other eight in varying levels of detail for obvious reasons. Uh, stay right there. You've counted down the seconds. Now make every second count for you. University of Maryland Global Campus will help you wave goodbye to 2020 and say hello to a new year where you take the next step in your education. Whether you want to study business, cybersecurity, healthcare, or IT, University of Maryland Global Campus can help. Apply by January 31st and we'll waive your application fee. Learn online. Visit umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. When it comes to your bathroom, the shortest distance between outdated and updated is one click on homedepot.com slash bath. It's the Days of Doing Winter Bath event, up to 40% off a wide selection of vanities, faucets, toilets, and more, plus free delivery of all online vanities. From bold new lighting to a fresh new shower, your new bath is closer than you think. The Winter Bath event, 
online now at homedepot.com slash bath. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Valve through March 28th, while supplies last. Welcome back. I'll, I'll do one of my uh, telly industry rants now. You know, when people edit long highlight videos and stick them on YouTube or, or various other forms of the Internet. <laughs> Before you do that, right, you shouldn't be doing that. But it's actually for the next few weeks, sort of quite handy. <laughs> right. But just learn how to edit. Will you? And if, you put, if, if you're editing... Put the whole incident on. That doesn't go back to when the move started. Don't just put the guy having a shot when you think, what, where did that ball come from? Because, I, I, you know, people are trying to watch these games by a highlight. Anyway, there we are. So there we are. Message to everybody. Learn how to edit before you put them on. Give it a bit of time. Right. Anyway, there we are. Uh, let's crack on, shall we? Uh, uh, right. We'll, we'll go down with, with the, the other big game of the weekend. So it was the last game of the weekend, Atletico versus Hetafe. Uh, interesting challenge for uh, João Felix in his in his first game. Uh, Shane sent us a, a tweet. He said, "Looks like the old one 0 to Atleti, but they were actually let off the leash." So there, so there we are, Terry. For the people who unfortunately didn't see the game, one uh, 0 to, to Atleti against Hetafe. But was that the story? Um, it was very close. Atletico, I thought, were were fantastic. It was it was a cracking game. It was. I, I've said lots of times that Hatafe are Atletico, a, a light version of diet version of Atletico Madrid, yeah. a budget version of Simeone's team. Jean Felix will be, uh, um, he's possibly thinking, Christ, this La Liga, it's not what I thought it was going to be. He, <laughs> he got kicked all over the place. He's playing against the most aggressive team in La Liga. Um, I think it was five, four or five yellow cards ascending off as well. And it was full-blooded. Um, I don't think they, they clearly didn't set out with the intention of trying to snap him in, in half. But the way he played led them to uh, make challenges that were, 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 you know, brutal, if I'm being honest. Um, so it was a, a really tight game. Both teams played really well. I can see Hatafe. I'm really looking forward to seeing him in Europe, how people are going to take him if they think that they're going to be playing against a regular La Liga Spanish-type team. Hatafe is certainly not that. So Hatafe were fully competitive. And Angel hit the crossbar in the remaining minutes of the game. It wouldn't have been a travesty if they'd got a draw. But both teams played really well. And, and Atletico were vibrant. The full-backs were playing really high. It was, I mean, Jean Felix takes the eye. It was a, a two good teams and both played well. And I, I'm not surprised the outcome was as narrow as it was. Murata probably could have wrapped things up earlier with the penalty that was saved by Soria. But I, I think in general, it was, uh, as I said, two really good teams, aggressive teams. And it was, I think it was a really good game of football. The 4-4 VRL Granada is going to be, on paper, looks like the game of the weekend. But I, I thought on Sunday night it finished off with a really good affair between Atletico and 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 Hatafe. Uh, you alluded to it earlier, Terry, the the red card situation. So the Modric one, which I uh, tongue in cheek referred to as a blood curdling assault, and uh, then Molina's, <laughs> very similar. Um, so explain what they ex explain the challenge for us, and then give us your verdict on why that is now a red card. Is it a good idea that it's now a red card? Well, I, I think it is personally, and I, I think there is 
I mean, we got the new law in, in England regarding the handball that sort of Manchester City goal disallowed yeah. at the weekend. This is a new law yeah. in La Liga that the one of the, the laws that have been changed. Now, I don't know how this is going to play out when referees are taking care of Champions League games, which laws are going to apply to different competitions. But in Spain, they've made it a case this season to protect the Achilles tendon. Now, I know it sounds a little bit daft, why that tendon and not another tendon or why that part of the, the leg. But I think uh, I'm slightly biased. I had surgery on both my Achilles tendons where on one I had two and it's, it's my Achilles tendon is a similar shape to Santi Cazorla's. There's another player, Marco Van Basten's Achilles tendon was wrecked when he was younger and his career was curtailed. So I think it's what we saw with Modric was, and Jorge Molina was that, it's not a stamping motion, but it studs down the back of the Achilles tendon. So if you're chasing someone, that cynical foul that we see so often, which is normally punished with a yellow card, where which will still be punished with a yellow in Spain if it's a, a trip. I think once you start kicking or putting your studs down the back of a player's ankle, in the past it's been a yellow card. In the Premier League, I'm sure it'll be a yellow card. But you, you can kind of get away with it. There will be some that are accidental. But I think in general, if, if you're looking to, to protect players, as we have done with the outlaw of the challenge from behind in the first place, then I don't see why, if you're chasing someone, it's, it's not difficult um, to avoid putting your studs on the back of their ankle. And, and I, I, I actually like it. As I said, I'm probably biased because... My career was ended by uh, my Achilles tendons were not ruptured. They were frayed where over the years they'd been clipped that many times that both of them were pretty much shredded, to be honest. So it's uh, an, an area that, you know, as I say, I'm going to be slightly biased to. And I think, yes, it was a surprise when Modric got the red card. But when you look into the new law, then Jorge Molina with his, then people will start to understand, oh, if you do that, then you know I've got to do everything I can to avoid that type of challenge. Yeah, and you would hope that it, you know within a couple of weeks everyone gets the idea and and moves on from it. You know, it's, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a bit of a surprise initially. You see Modric's challenge, you think, oh, really red for that? But you know, fair enough. Uh, let's, let's exactly. Back on. Um, Valencia. Should we do Valencia? Uh, good old Valencia. Uh, another red card in that game. In fact, there were six red cards. Uh, this weekend in La Liga, uh, they, yeah. they can contrive to not win a game, Valencia. They've got various ways of not winning games, haven't they? They looked as if they had this one done and dusted. They were 1-0 <laughs> up through Gamero. They got a penalty in the 95th minute. Uh, and at that point, you thought it might have been a victory against Real Sociedad. But somehow, they end up missing that and then uh, conceding a, a 101st minute equaliser. <laughs> what, what was yeah I mean Raul Sociedad played really well a couple of injuries at centre-back so they had emergency centre-back pairing of Zubeldia who's a midfield player and Robin Lenormand so Yorentin Aritz Elastunda both injured so up against I expected it to be Maxi Gomez and um, Rodrigo but it wasn't Maxi Gomez was an unused sub he was on the bench Gamero Yes, he missed the penalty, but do you know what? I saw Carlos Soler on the edge of the penalty box. Must have delayed that penalty by three or four minutes. By const The referee kept going across. He was constantly pulling on the arm of a... You know when they tussle on the edge of the penalty area? Mm. To see who can get to the rebound first. The referee probably went across... 
at least, I'd say three times to make sure that Carlos Soler and the player were stopped, you know, messing around with each other. And it, it just delayed and delayed and delayed the, the taking of the penalty. And then Gamero just hit it miles high and wide. So that led to more minutes being added on. It led to Gamero being slightly more anxious, taking his penalty, but having to wait for his teammate to stop messing around on the edge of the penalty area. And then um, Coquelin jumps up in the wall, puts his arm up, gets a second yellow card, gives away the penalty, and no mistake from Oyazabal. But actually, 63% possession to Real Sociedad, away from home against Valencia. Um, as I said, some players missing through injury. And to be fair, they, they fully deserved the, the, the point and the start at the weekend. Uh, Espanyol nil, Sevilla two. Now, Sevilla had seven, I think it was, Terry, seven new starters uh, under a new yep. coach, of course, in Lopetegui. <laughs> so it turns out it doesn't matter. You can check as many new players in as you like and a new coach and it, and it all <laughs> starts fine. And two as sub as well. So nine debuts for Sevilla at Espanyol. Yeah. And fully deserved it. it was, and do you know the standout player was? The second goal scorer, Nolito. So it was yeah, a weekend yeah. of sort of returns to La Liga. We talked about Soldado, Albiol is playing at Villarreal and Mallorca return and get a win and Granada come back to La Liga. Osasuna return and get a win. And Nolito, a player we've barely seen them show any form for Sevilla. New manager. Um, he was the best player for Sevilla, a constant threat. And wrapped it up with a lovely goal. Classic Nolito, Celta Vigo Nolito it was. since. Uh, so all those new players, yet one we haven't seen at Sevilla for a long while, um, make any impact at a return to form and, 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 and led them to a, an impressive win against, it looked slightly jaded, Espanyol. They had the team that are going through the qualification progress, process on the Europa League and just didn't look as sharp as they had to be, you know, against a, a severe team that looked pretty decent, I have to say, and in their first game under a new manager and, and ultimately nine new players. Yeah, that was always the fear for Espanyol this season, wasn't it? It's often the fear for the seventh, uh, the, the team that sneaks in in Spain, isn't it? Because they don't have massive, massive amounts of depth in their resources, and Espanyol certainly don't. Um, but they're, well, they're doing all right. Better. Yeah, they're off to... Oh, go on. You, no, go on. Yeah. yeah. No, I was going to say Espanyol off to Zoria in Ukraine for the last the playoff now um, to get in the Europa League. So they're nearly there. It just doesn't make for an ideal pre-season, but they just looked a bit under the weather at the weekend. But Sevilla, I think, are going to be good. And, uh, you know, as you said, now we move on to their city rivals. Great start for, for Betis. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, not if, to be fair, it couldn't have gone more <laughs> wrong for them, could it? Because... Joel Robles, who now looks about 58 with his new hairdo, uh, he was sent off was it eight, eight, eight minutes of the game. They, it looked as though, and, and then obviously uh, they lost Borja Iglesias at half-time as well to an injury. It looked as though they got themselves a draw, and yet Valladolid managed to to grab a was 89th minute winner, Oscar Pano, wasn't it? And and not just Valladolid, but the other all the teams that we uh, our poll says we're going to struggle all showed that you know the, the early signs are good. They're going to give it a yeah. bit of a fight. Yep, yeah, it's the unknown, isn't it? We don't know too much about Mallorca, Granada, and Osasuna, so it's it's you know common sense to to, to have doubts about how good they're going to be. Vidalid, it's it, it, the team that just about survived last season. It was tough on Betis. I had someone tweet me about it. it's the most Everton thing ever. Two ex-Everton players collided, one getting sent off, one getting carried <laughs> off injured after eight minutes. 
Um, so it was it was uh, couldn't have gone worse for Betis at the start. But in general, they played well. Both teams played well. Uh, I, I agree with you. I thought it was going to head for a draw. Guardiola got stunning goal and then likewise Oscar Plano for the winner good build up for Betis for Lauren Moron who replaced Borja Iglesias it's tough on Betis to go to Barcelona next week but to get off to that start and Joaquin had to come off he was replaced by the substitute goalkeeper after eight minutes it, 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 you know you don't want to be playing the first game of the season is always tough in those conditions as well we had the drinks breaks at the weekend and Betis suffered, you know, towards the end of the game. So it made sense to take off a 38-year-old Joaquin if you're going to be playing with 10 men for 82 minutes of the game um, to bring on the goalkeeper. So all that planning pre-season from Ruby, literally thrown out the window after eight minutes and having to play um, against the team who made the most of it, I have to say, invited it. And they looked sharp. I like Guardiola. He's an interesting player. Taken too long to get to the level that he should have been playing at. Um, and as I say, it was two excellent goals from Vardili. OK, last one. We, we have to give it a little bit of time. Villarreal 4, Granada 4. Analyse that, as they say, Terry. Um, shambolic defending again from Villarreal. Conceded too many goals last season, hence why they brought Real Albio in. And it hasn't improved. Um, I want to see games where you know goals are flowing in, and it was exactly the case. I talked about returns to La Liga, return for Moy Gomez. We talked on the previous podcast about an interesting player that's, and he came back and was he was brilliant. Made a goal, scored a goal. Soldado made a goal, scored a goal. Villarreal were two goals to the good um, with 15 minutes to go and Granada get the, the two goals back to, to draw level. So it's slightly frustrating. Kayeka only playing with the one striker again. Um, eventually got two on when they was when we got back to four four and he was chasing the wind. So the same issues really with Vieira. Um, Chukwesi was good, um, and Santa Cazorla again reliable from the penalty spot to start things off. So um, I'm I'm unconvinced about how many signings Vieira have made and the signings they've made. Um, I'm not sure where the improvement is going to come from last year to this season for Vieira, but early days yet. But an outstanding point for Granada. Uh, Terry, thank you very much. Uh, Alaves won Levante nil. I think we'll just leave that one for now, shall we? Hosselu got a goal, another another La Liga uh, returner. We will return next week. Uh, sorry to sort of rush it through a little bit, and we'll have time for some of your questions as well, but we're on borrowed time, and literally in borrowed space at the moment as well. Uh, so, Terry, we will be podcasting again soon. I'll, I'll be looking. Actually, what game are you doing? Uh, what game is ITV uh, this weekend? It's the Betis. Barca, isn't it? Yeah. Betis, Barcelona, yes, Sunday evening. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Barcelona, Betis. So, uh, yes, yeah, that way round. Enjoy it, Terry, and we'll speak again soon.
To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired fitness celebrity Billy Blanks. Okay, everybody, our car just got a broken windshield. How about we blow off some steam? Now punch, now kick! Uh, Mr. Blanks, there's no need to be stressed. GEICO makes it easy to file a claim online, on the app, or over the phone. Yeah, but what if I never hear back? That's going to make me want to go jab and jab. Uh, nope. Your GEICO claims team is always there for you. Okay, do I still get my post-workout protein shake? Sure, Billy. GEICO. Great service without all the drama.